0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And welcome you to another edition of Beat Me At Musual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptaw, C70th bat, at C seventy on Twitter. With me as always, Alan Medlock, Red Dirt, Red Bird of A Medlock One on Twitter. Uh, Cardinals, you know, every two week we've been talking about how they get closer and closer to the playoffs. And now, well, as right as of right now, they're in the playoffs. Now, there's still two plus weeks left to go. We'll see if that stays. But uh Alan, I mean one, it's been a a combination of, of teams not necessarily playing well if all the Cardinals are, are winning games. But like you were saying you know, to me earlier, this really feels like the best that we've seen this Cardinal team play for a long time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I I think that's hands down. I mean, you you went through the early stages in the season where you looked where you felt pretty decent and even before junior in first place at at, at a point of time, but but uh, there was I still think for the prolonged run, they're playing about the best they can right now, and it, it the door is being left open by other teams playing poorly. Um, not sure how good they are, but it's also one of those I think that I think the the idea is you probably still don't want to play them at this point. You know, for all the ups and downs that we've had all year, which seems were have been much more downs, especially after Memorial Day.
1: Yeah,
0: um, it's fun to be in this spot, you know, and I think that just like you and I talked about. At, spoke a little bit before the show that uh, there's a little bit of skepticism still just to see how prolonged this could be or, you know, when they could hit that uh, proverbial pump, uh, bump in the road here in the next two weeks. But, you know, they're playing meaningful baseball late in September. And uh, that's what we had kind of asked.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's came to be what probably be, well about the All-Star break, probably or even early August. I think we expected that. September was going to be a month that, well, they were done. Especially when they couldn't, when the Brewers started to pull away. You know, because I don't think we ever, it took us a while, it took me a while uh, to really think about the wild card as an option. Because when the Brewers, when the Padres are up like five or six games on you, you don't expect to catch them, right? I mean, the Padres have been a good team, or and a team that, had done a lot for their team. They went and added even at the, at the trade deadline. It didn't feel like a team that was just going to fall apart, but yet they have, and now they come into Bush really struggling on the pitching side of things. Um, you know, I think, you know, we were saying this earlier, you have to take two or three because, you know, Cardinals go into this one, a half game ahead of Padres, a game ahead of the Reds. Uh, the Reds are playing the Dodgers, so you might be able to gain some grain, ground, ground, ground up. <laughs> I'm say too fast. Um, But I don't think you can let San Diego get away with a, a series win, especially with the pitching matchups that you're seeing um, and feel good about where you're at. Now, Green, Padres have a terrible schedule. They've got a lot more tough teams to play. Um but I think this is really kind of the hardest part of the red schedule. You want to make some ground up on them while you can.
0: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. You gotta you gotta capitalize on a weekend like this. It's just it's so funny that the the uh, schedule set in motion, you know, well over a year ago, mm-hmm. um, has the things fall into place like they do. It's amazing sometimes how it works. I mean, that uh, you know, to have San Diego coming in or St. Louis going out this late in the season. You know, it, it's kind of, it's crazy how it works and how uh, big some of these weekends are here right toward the end of the end of the year. Uh, it, it's pretty crazy. So, yeah, the, uh, there, I watched the Padres the last two nights just to, uh, you know, just kind of, just to kind of get a feel about, you know, where they were, you know, body language, stuff like that, just to kind of see. And I felt like they looked pretty good yesterday, you know, and beat Gaussman and, and, uh, which he hasn't been as good, but. Yeah, you know, it, it it says a lot, but yeah, with this pitching matchup, especially the fact that they have two guys that were you know bottom feeders that you had to you know take off the uh, the DFA heap to get them, they they're they're putting together a pitching staff in September like St. Louis needed to in, in June, you know, and that's that's pretty scary to be a Padres fan to be honest, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's it it's it's funny they leave and uh, head out. Where do they go? Where does San Diego go next? It's uh,
1: they go. they're playing the Giants again. Yeah, right? the
0: Giants. That are, yeah, <laughs> Giants and Braves, and then two LA. So I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, Atlanta is on this West Coast swing right now, and which is scheduling wise is just crazy. You know, as they're trying to hold on, and and I don't know. It, it's it's pretty fun. Um, it it's it's crazy how these things fall into place whenever the uh, these schedules were made so long ago. You know. Yeah, uh, they're so important.
1: It always seems to be that way, and it's kind of weird how you you Mm -hmm. look at that, which worries me. I looked at next year's uh, schedule, and this time next year they have the Cardinals have to take that West Coast swing. They have to play the Padres and the Dodgers. I knew that they were late. I I I, I looked
0: at that. That's one of the first things I (laughs) I looked toward. I was like, oh man, let's see where they have to go, and those are tough.
1: Yeah, that's gonna be a a kind of rough. You hope that they got that lead. Um, I mean, it's it's a situation we're still kind of kicking ourselves. I mean. If you have won, even just, you know, we talk about those three games recently, the, the Cabrera game and then the two Reyes games uh, against the Pirates and the Brewers. Uh, you win one of those games, which I mean, but all three of those games were kind of in your hand, right? Uh, you win one of those games. You feel a lot better about this weekend. Uh, you're up a game and a half on the on the Padres, two games on the Reds. Um, you know, all three of those, you're starting to really think about, you know, this is getting real serious. Yeah, um, You know, you talk about, you know, stabilizing somewhere in June and getting a couple wins there where they should have won Um, a lot of ifs and ands. And I'm sure the Padres and and the Reds have their own ifs and ands. Sure. Um, But it's this Cardinals team does feel like the best out of all the competitors right now. I mean, I was really impressed that they went through and just swept the Mets in um, sure. uh, Citi Field. Yeah. Uh, a team that's very much alive. Yeah. You know? I mean, the Mets are the Mets, and they have their own issues, and there's always something with them. But to not only go in there, but to at least buy by the scores, pretty much, you know, I mean, they put up a lot of runs. Um, and I wouldn't say necessarily handily won those games because some of those runs came late, and we know – how uh, intense that second game was, um, but they they had good, fairly good pitching, um, and then they had really good offense at a place that's. Uh, I mean, it's not a homer haven. I mean, it's better hitting, probably than the Bush is, but it's not necessarily just some launching pad or anything. And you're right to go in and take a, a team that was that should have been. And again. It's the Mets. You never know what the, you know the drama is going to be around them, but really should have been focused on really needing to win because that was their only real shot, right? I mean, the Cardinals were a team that if they had if they had won that series, they would be ahead of the Cardinals. I think um, you know they did, and to have a chance of maybe getting the Braves, they had to come out and play well. And if they if that's what playing well for the Mets was. And the Cardinals are a much better team than we give them credit for um, because they had not really no issue save that Baez home run in the second game.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, – that lineup mean, you could tell that there's some disappointment in the lineup all the way around in New York, but uh, mm-hmm. it's still one of those that scares me quite a bit. Yeah. You know, because Lindor can do whatever, and he was hit. He was really hitting coming into this series. And, you know, Baez, I always feel like the familiarity and the fact that big moments are big for him. They, yeah. I was like you know I, I'm a slightly concerned about the series but yeah they suppressed a lot of that and then to win the extra inning games are huge to me because I feel like on the road you're there's an excuse not to win them you know what I mean by that I mean it's it, that sounds terrible but your backs against the wall so much but uh but yeah it was impressive I mean that's I think that's why we're talking with so much more belief than we did when they were a, when they were able to go in and get that done especially for a team that that was right there you know knocking on the door as well. So yeah. let me get back to the scheduling real quick. Just, yeah, yeah. just no, it's kind of strange. I didn't realize this. So the top six teams and I'm stopping at the Mets being five out um, mm. uh, in the wild card chase, they all play each other this weekend. Hmm. You know, and that, that's obviously set in, set in motion well before, you know, the year even begins or last year yeah. even begins, but in that way, it's just funny coincidentally how that stuff works.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like, on some of that scheduling, although not as much for next year, especially since they put the schedule out real early, I feel like they take into account a little bit of how a team played the last year, you know? Like, yeah. Like, they want to see – that's why the Cubs and the Cardinals are playing so late, you know, because that was a tight brace last year, you know, or or two years ago or whatever the case may be, why the Cardinals will play the Brewers in the in the last little bit. You know, they want to try – they try to do stuff that they – they kind of try to look at it, but you know who saw the necessarily saw the Padres as a as a playoff, you know, as a wild card team, or a, you know the Reds even as a wild card team. How do you how do you get all that? Yeah, in one spot. Yeah, that's uh, it's. Baseball <laughs> tends to tends to do that, and maybe it maybe it's a little bit more predictable than we think. Maybe they have better, maybe the computers are figuring out the system yeah. season before we know it. I don't. It's know. true,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and in the excuse, I mean, it, in within the division that you make that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But it's funny that you know across the country how much it's lined sure. up this
1: weekend. Sure, I mean, I mean, you know, the Reds, it's weird. I mean, yeah. you know, Reds and Dodgers would that have seemed like? Yeah, being, I, no. I mean. That wouldn't it wouldn't, maybe the, you would, could have seen the Reds being a team that was needing some, <clears throat> needing some wins, but yeah. we expected the Dodgers to be a team that, I mean, I think most people would have thought the Dodgers would have been clinched by now, right? Yeah. Um, or pretty close to it. Uh, and definitely wouldn't have been looking up at the, if they were looking up at anybody, it would have been Padres instead of not, uh, not looking to have a wild card game with them. So, um, Cardinals are going to have to make some decisions this week. Um, most likely. Um, we have Dakota Hudson should be making his last rehab start, I think, tonight. Um, probably be back next week, um, which will require somebody to come off the 40 man because um, he's on the 60 day deal and somebody to come off the 28 man as it is right now. Now, the 40 man part's not a problem. White is probably going to go on the 60. Uh, they'll switch those guys, but I don't know who goes for LeBlanc and then or goes for uh, Hudson. And if Jack Flaherty is going to come back, which is still kind of up in the air, it seems like uh, it would feel like if Jack Flaherty is going to come back, he's going to come back this week. Right. Cause there's not I, a know. whole lot of point bringing him back the last week. Um, unless you just want to give him a little bit of something and, and you hope he's going to make the playoffs, but um there's two guys that probably have to come off the 28-man if those guys are, are going to come on it. Where do you think they go here? Because I don't know that there's real obvious spots to, to do.
0: You know, I was thinking about that this week. And, you know, you run into those situations where, I mean, our, where is Justin Miller, you know, in the, in the fit? Mm-hmm. You know, long term, or is that one of the names that that we, that uh, that gets drawn out of the hat? I, yep. you know, for lack of a better term, yep. the um, that would be the low hanging fruit essentially for me. Um, I don't know. I mean, how I'm not sure how important he is to the bullpen and how they plan to use Hudson. Um, seems like being being built up as a starter, though. It, I think they're kind of they're looking toward a lot of short starts from here on out and multiple inning relief start relief stints, which I like. I mean, that's because yeah. that's, that's odd. That's kind of how you win playoff games anyway. And it kind of eliminates needing more than one, you know, maybe three starters, which brings me to a question we can get to later. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really don't know. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. Um, I'm sure they will find an injury somewhere. That seems how they've been creative this year. Uh, of one one season that you thought that they would lose so many guys to waivers and whatnot, does it surprise you that they haven't really done that at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, they have not done much. They did they put uh, Brandon Waddell on the on the on waivers and he cleared um, a couple other guys this year, but they haven't had to do too much of that and. Where they picked up a lot of guys. from players. Yeah, yeah, guys. and it's yeah. Um, it just seems like
0: anytime we think that uh, they're gonna, oh uh, yeah. this is gonna be somebody that's uh, somebody. This one, this cut's gonna hurt them a little bit, and Ooh. it seems like you know player X has you know a long term injury. Yep, you know it's, it's been kind of strange.
1: Yeah, they've been able they've avoided a lot of the roster issues that we thought they were gonna have. I know we had a show, I, and I wrote two like two oh. posts. Hey, Mm -hmm. he's going to have to, you know, they're going to lose somebody. Well, then Carlos Martinez goes like on the 60 day DL. And, you know, that was when one of those times where KK got hurt, went on the DL, and then they could switch off. And it was like, oh, well, you know, at worst, I think somebody, I think like some Junior Fernandez went to the minors or something like that. You know, it's like that turned out a lot (laughs) easier than than we saw. Yes. I mean, and ultimately
0: during a a large part of the season, we were just wanting something newsworthy.
1: Yeah. You know, it was just that boring. And, and uh, you know, that we never got, got it. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, we look at this. Um, I think you're right on Justin Miller as much as, you know, he's, he just hasn't done a lot because he hasn't necessarily been asked to do a lot. You know, I don't think he's been bad. He's just kind of there and they don't use him all that often. And he's been hurt and all this kind of stuff. So I could see that being an easy one. Um, and you're right. You know, somebody else may, may go on the the DL or something, but you know, there's a lot of talk about um, the, the incident, the altercation, if you were, I didn't think it watching it. on. The oh, line, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think it was as big as maybe people were doing it, but I didn't see it live of Ponce De Leon and, and Yadier Molina in the game on Tuesday night. Now, you know, when Ponce is walking, what, Four bad, three or four batters in one inning. Um, yeah, having to be bailed out adequately. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not surprised that Yachty had some words for him, and maybe, I maybe Ponce thought Yachty you know, wasn't calling the right stuff. I don't know what the issue was. I don't know if it, but given the fact that Ponce de Leon has no options for next year, and the fact that he has struggled, I think it's it's fair to say for most of this season. Uh, does this is that a cherry on top type of thing, or do you think the Cardinals kind of make sure not to let Ponce de Leon go? So it's, it's looks like it's you know, to make sure it doesn't look like a big controversy.
0: Gosh, I don't, that's a good question. It, and it was funny because the morning after there were, um, There were a lot of a lot of the St. Louis radio personnel were saying that Ponce that he's he's a goner, and it may not and it may be today, you know, type situation. Mm -hmm. I think that was with the hopes that Hudson may be up quickly, but that you know that one of the preface they said was Hudson will be back, and it will be Ponce de Leon. I don't know; they don't walk away from guys that often, but it's kind of gotten to the point to where I think that that's probably better for for both the team and the player at this point, not necessarily. anything about those altercations because they do happen. It just doesn't happen as much, you know, in front of the camera, you know, and I think that's where it's blown up. That situation was weird because Edmonds was on the, was on the telecast or broadcast that night. And he mentioned reading Yachty's lips about something along showing, just showing him up. And I went back and I didn't see anything like that, but there was a, it was kind of weird that you could tell they weren't on the same page when he went to the mound at one point. And then there was another situation, I guess it was earlier on that mound visit that Ponce turned and walked away from him, which I didn't see. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting, but yeah, I, you wouldn't, I know the story's great. And I think the story may play into, to uh, the final decision on that, but I'm not so certain that he's just fits in their plans at all anymore, especially with the fact that you have Kim Reyes and uh, potentially Hudson to come back to get those long innings that he's been kind of earmarked to pitch. I just don't think there's a fit in the immediate. That, and, and I think that you have the excuse right now. So Cherry on, on the top, that makes a lot of sense. But, uh, you know, he didn't even come to mind whenever we were talking about it earlier. But that does seem like a move that would, that would fit a little bit more because I think they have a little more confidence in Justin Miller than they do Ponce at this point.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would say is Ponce is still pre-arbitration eligible. Um I don't I honestly don't see him part of the 2022 team. I do think though the Cardinals like to hold on to stuff as long as they can. Yeah. And I think the fact that he's pre-arb means he's going to get I mean, depending on the CBA looks like, of course, it's, that's everything. Um, he's going to get $600,000, even if they tender him a contract. And we have seen them, I think. Well, they tendered John Gant a contract. Maybe I was thinking they were tender John Gant and then to to release him in spring if it didn't work out. I could still see that being a situation with Ponce, that they tender him a contract, bring him to spring. But if somebody beats him out, then he's gone, you know? I don't, yeah. you know, Justin Miller's a free agent at the end of the year. They have no obligation. So basically yeah. they'd just be getting rid of him three weeks, two weeks early. And true. Um, so I, I believe in Justin Miller. I also think, I don't know all things being equal, which they may not be. I don't know if the organization would want another piece in the Yachty runs the team Narrative, yeah, um, and getting rid of Ponce like that might have now <clears throat> maybe not as much now because it didn't happen the day of or the day after, but it still would kind of feed into some of that. Um, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, but you know, there's not, a, there, there may not be another option because, yeah, um, I what? mean, they, they could demote Cody Whitley, I guess, but. I mean he he's been good. good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I
0: mean, I feel like he's worked his way into some big spots. Yeah. let me ask you this may be a stupid question because I, I know that Miller just came back. Mm-hmm. What were the innings pitched for Miller and Ponce de Leon for let's say the last thirty game thirty yeah, last thirty games?
1: Uh well I can find that out if you'll talk a little bit more. <laughs> because uh, let me let me let me see if I can. Well, my honestly, and
0: this is dead air, and I apologize to the listeners, but it is my computer is kind of acting really slow now. We probably have fifty devices running on it right now. I would assume why it didn't turn off anything in his room before he went to school. <laughs> so that may be, that may be part of it. You know, it's uh,
1: now, know, he, one of those type of situations. So, all right, hang on. Here we yeah. go. Your team, the teams uh, for the last thirty days. Uh, uh, Miller hadn't
0: been back much in the last thirty days. I know that, so it may be irrelevant anyway.
1: Uh, Justin Miller has pitched one inning in the last thirty days. Okay, then that. Okay, that and makes. haunts has thrown nine. Um, you've also got, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people though. They're low in that list. You know, Cody Whitley's got eight and uh, eight and two thirds, but you're right. He was down for a bit, came back up. Andrew Miller also just recently 4.2 innings. Uh, Junior Fernandez is now on the DL. Brandon Dixon's been waived and now he's in the minors. Um, no Dixon's did Dixon get waived? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He got waived and he's in the minors. Um, Flaherty, of course, still hurt. So you're looking at those, um, But yeah, Ponce hasn't pitched a lot over the last... uh, Yeah. I mean, for a guy that... Especially for a guy that's supposed to be... You know, a guy that's going to pitch two or three innings at a time. Um, And he's got nine innings pitched. He's got nine walks and seven strikeouts. Um, I... I I would definitely believe that that Ponce is an option to be be let go. Um, And I think that when you look at this, I mean, it's either... If if you if you have to clear two spots, which it looks like you are going to, assuming Flaherty comes back, you are going to have to do. Yeah, you know, I think Justin Miller is is the one, and I think that because um, I I think the only other option is probably Andrew Miller, but I don't see them getting rid of him at you know with just two or three weeks left in that contract. Okay. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, even though I mean, and Andrew Miller, he looked bad in that game against the Mets. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the thing, right? He, he has like two or three good outings and then he'll have a really clunker and then maybe another good or two. But, you know, you just don't never, you never know. And that's kind of been the whole MO of his time here. It's like you yeah. just never know what's going to happen when he gets on the mound.
0: I know there's not a lot of people that want to hear about the intangibles on, on you know, in conversations like this, mm-hmm. but I do wonder how much Miller means to the team on the outside of pitching. I get the feeling they lean on him quite a bit for leadership out there, you know, and it's that, that, that could be me just coming from the fact that I know that he's a, a, a a big leader in the, in the union as well. Right. You know, and we've, we've talked about that on, on the show and that may be, that may be, uh, um, that may be a part of my opinion on that as well, you know, but I do wonder how much a is history and how, and B how much he means to the team and things that we don't see.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. And I, I kind of had the same opinion because of the, of the I, and he's been around a while.
0: Sure. I uh, did think it was funny that when he got hit twice the other day, that, that, uh, that Conroy and, and uh Schilt went out and checked pretty quick. Yeah. So you got kind of wonder if this blister issue, isn't something that may be a little more severe.
1: Yeah. And it may be, I mean, we're looking at, I looked at what he's pitched since the beginning of August and he's pitched pretty regularly since then, uh, mm-hmm. 939 ERA, which again, reliever area is not a huge, you know, sometimes yeah. one, one, one game. game. Yeah. Right. But it's unfortunately, yeah. Looking at His looking at the line though. He's given up. He's been charged with, and I don't know how many of these are, you know, runners that scored on somebody else or him. Probably a lot of them are him. He's been scored in one, two, three, four, five of his eight outings, nine outings for nine. I got it, I guess. So, and one of those was 3 runs, one of those was 2 runs. Uh, yeah, I know one of, I know that one there with Pittsburgh was one of those runs. Got it was an inherited runner coming in, but still um, it's a little bit of a a little bit of a concern. But I I just I just don't see that, you know. If if it comes down to Andrew Miller versus P- Daniel Ponce de Leon, I, I think they probably get just go ahead and cut Ponce de Leon. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I also wonder if it's <laughs> – again, kind of like what you're saying. Uh, I wonder if it's all moot. Um, I wonder – I honestly <laughs> wonder if Jack Flaherty's coming back. I, I, I If I was to put money on it, I would bet that he's not back this year.
0: Sure. And you know what? There's – I don't think either of those answers are wrong. You know what I'm saying? Whether he comes back, yes or no type deal. You know, because it, it's one of those do, – do we – are we confident in, in Flaherty coming out of the bullpen? That he's going to be used? Well, I don't know. I mean, because I think there's more knee-jerk reaction to a bullpen type situation. Um, Are we missing – I mean, are we overlooking the importance of 22 as well? We know the Cardinals don't. So you may be on something. You know, that that could could be the case. But I think also there always has to be that next big move coming in any baseball fan. You know, I'm guilty of that. You know, something that's going to uh, really spark – um, yeah, not, not attendance, but you know, Spark Ball Club. Maybe they may they may not even need it at this, this point, but uh, you know that that you do make a really really good point whether that could happen, and I could see I could see it be, going both ways right now.
1: I would think that if Flaherty came back, and I'm like I said, I'm feeling pretty confident right now, just because he hasn't been on a rehab start or anything. Yeah, that the only reason I think they might be trying to get him back is if they get past the Dodgers in the wild card game. Yeah. Cause then they could really use him really going to need him. If they're going to take on anybody else. Um, Cause you figure Wayne, has got that play in game. Um, but if they did bring him back, I figure he's the starter. I figure he takes, you know, he gets back in that spot and Woodford goes back to the bullpen. Even if it's a, okay, you're going to start, but you're probably going to go two innings, three innings, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like, what we talked about in, um, in what in July. Um, when it was like, why is Flaherty rehabbing in the minors, you know, bring him up, let him start a game here in the major leagues, let him go two innings. And the next time let him go three innings and let him next time, let him go five innings, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And just go ahead and get it in the big leagues. Cause they needed the pitching so badly. Um, they didn't do that. Of course. um, and they probably probably were right not to do it. But still, it yeah. feels like we're, right now, you know, with the arms that you have in that bullpen, with the links that you have, it just doesn't. And, and the needs for good outings, it just doesn't make sense for him to try to rehab um, when you can let him. I mean, he's not been gone that long this time either. What it's been. What, 15 days, maybe it's it been longer than that. Um,
0: Seems like it to be honest with you But I may be wrong
1: No you're probably not Um, Let me see I have it I have a spreadsheet for roster moves here Flaherty went on the It looks like on the 13th So it's been about a month now Okay. So yeah um, So it's been a little bit long Yeah 813 so it's just a little bit over a month So yeah that's a little bit longer than I thought But I still think I would probably go with letting him shake off the rust in the majors with the idea that, you know, he can go one inning or two innings, but you've got guys like Hudson ready to go behind it. And and there's been a lot of talk on about piggybacking those two um, as they come back, you know, letting, letting those two guys take over six innings uh, and then turn over the bullpen. And I think that's, I'd, I'd rather see that than, them try to just get him a little bit some work in the minor leagues, but I feel like that's what they'll do. If he, he either will not pitch or he'll pitch in the big leagues in a you know kind of a rehab type of thing that way, yeah. But yeah, but that, made, that makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. but you know, it just given with the whole you know <laughs> not having to make decisions that hurt, um, they'll probably he'll probably wind up not pitching, this yeah. Year and then all they have to do is like, like go. Justin Miller or something, and that's not the worst thing. I mean, it's not good for Justin Miller, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm sure he yeah. doesn't like it much, but uh, for the team, that's a fairly painless, because then they're just paying somebody, what, you know, you know, $10,000 for two weeks or something like that, whatever it does, because it's prorated anyway, so. Um, offensively, like we said, saw a good bit in... um in in New York, how much are you buying into some of those? I mean, like like Harrison Bader had a good series, but he's been really struggling. Was that just a function of him playing in front of his hometown fans and his hometown, you know, stadium, basically, and and having a you know good series, or you think there's something more to that?
0: I think that's a lot of it, you know, and that, nothing against him. I like the fact that that happens. Goes back to what you and I talked about off the air last week of, I think a lot of these teams outside of the Central, or even in the Central, that see a lot of Bader, I think they think pretty highly of him. I mean, I think New York would be one of those that would probably try to bring him over quite a bit because he, he performed so well in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, to your question, you know what? I don't know. I just think things are rolling right now. And it comes, and what happens, you know, hitting is contagious, and you see that the uh, the Goldschmidt is on another planet right now, and that, uh, you know, everybody's swinging the bat. I think that's that's probably indicative of it.
1: Well, I'm pulling up his game logs, it's been a little bit longer than I thought. And I knew he was really struggling through August, but once September hit, even before the series in New York, he was hitting .289 um, with the two homers and six RBIs in 11 starts. So, you know, if he's doing something like that, you know, and then you add in what he did against the, you know, against the Mets and it's, he's hitting three over 300 for the month. So I don't need Harrison Bader to hit over 300. I just need him to be, yes, you know, not that automatic out at the bottom of the lineup. Um, And so to be able to see him do that, I guess the only, I mean, if you start looking at that, the only person I start to get a little bit concerned about, and maybe it's another person that I am not looking at right, but I'm a, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about Dylan Carlson. Um, I just, I know we had a lot of expectations on Carlson this year and they weren't necessarily fair ones, but it feels to me that, I mean, he's been good, but not, you know, I don't even think other world. I mean, we didn't expect him to be a Tatis or anything like that, but I think we expected him to be a little bit more than right now. His OPS Plus is 108, so he's 8% above average. I think we expected him to be a little bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, yeah. that is, uh, it, it, it's funny. I had a conversation this weekend where it's, it's, I like to hear of expectations. You know what I mean by that? Just because yeah. you, you, uh, you kind of wonder why what was expected like you and I talked about if if you can get Gorman up to hit like this year's Carlson you'll probably be pretty happy with it hmm. you know next year it kind of judging the offense like that so I I don't know how I feel about it I mean especially I mean he's still knocking on almost 30 doubles yeah and um you know he I mean I I like the fact where, where he is in the in the lineup right now and and uh and all that but but you're right you you do wonder when that next step's going to come
1: yeah and i mean i think that's i'm not saying that we should no i know, don't yeah well. i don't mean that bad. yeah, yeah I, I, I don't
0: that. mean that bad at all it was funny because i kind of that one of the things that i kind of want to go in that i that i wanted to bring up but i'm afraid that it points to next year too much especially when they're in the playoffs right now or potentially in the playoffs right now is how well their outfields perform. but i think that we nitpick it a little bit too much and i don't mean like you and i i all just right. think that uh you know, the, 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 the the fan base does quite a bit, but on a national level, I think that everybody's pretty dang happy with it. And almost jealous in some spots, you know, to where we thought that was going to be a weak link, but, but you're right. I mean, we, you know, he's just barely above average, but you know, is if you could take the, the path to O'Neill, you're going to be a pretty good, pretty good player next year. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just kind of funny how the lineup works for them, yeah. especially.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you, you factor in the ballpark and all that kind of stuff and, you know, first full year, I, I would not have been, you know, kind of looking It's I, I'm not too surprised. Although it's not, it really hasn't done too much of a, of a drop-off. I would not have been too surprised to see him struggle in September just because he hasn't played a season this long, you know, ever. Um, the minor leagues don't usually go this long. And then of course you're coming off any, any wonder about that for everybody coming off the short year from last year. Um, I think we've may have start to see that a little bit, you know, like guy and things of that nature, but it can also happen on the hitting side. Carlson hasn't hit a home run since August 28th. So, you know, we're getting to be about that, you know, two and a half, three week range. Um, but he, and he's hitting two fifty nine, which is not bad for yeah. double. Um, a lot of strikeouts, 18 strikeouts. Um, just, I, I guess the thing is just three walks. Um, and again, it, it's not, it's, it's not that I, I don't, I don't, I um, just, it's just, I don't know even how what I'm trying to say goodness. Um, I think it's more the fact that when he comes to the plate, I'm not necessarily terribly confident that he's going to, I don't feel like I'm as confident as I should be that he's going to get come through. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, if Harrison Bader comes to play and you're not confident, okay, because, you know, he's had a lot of troubles over the past. Um, you feel like you should expect a little bit more from Carlson. But again, first full year, and it's yeah. it is probably, you know, that's the way this goes. You're right. I mean, he's going to, he's very likely to take that step next year. And, and if that's the case, if he takes that step, and if O'Neill can continue to have his, the gains that he's had this year, and, you get some. I mean, yeah. Next year's outfield could be outstanding. Um, yeah.
0: So, you, you know what's really funny too is all the all the all the defensive numbers and everything are really starting to show how good they are. Mm-hmm. If Carlson was in right field all year, you could probably have three guys in the top three of the NL Gold Glove. Yeah. Their outfield has been that good. I mean, and, and Carlson has a cannon. I mean, he he he's gonna be one of those that's gonna eliminate running game. So I think that he's a really good player. Um and now it's also he it fits the profile that I really like of the mm-hmm. the switch hitter and whatnot. But you do kind of wonder what the potential is on him, you know, is he going to be a 30 homer 20 or 30 double 20 homer guy every year? I, I could see that, you know, yeah. but I don't, I also you know are, are we going to have the are we going to have the issues next year of the it's going to be Carlson, Edmund leading off type situation, you know. But uh, I, I think that's a good argument to have, really. And it's easy to say that right now when they're actually playing well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a situation that looks fine when they're doing well, and a situation that we, you know, really pick out when when they're struggling. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it, you're right. I mean, the outfield is not the big issue with this team. Doesn't mean that they can't. And I guess that's kind of the problem too, as you look at next year and and you know we've talked a little bit about what they you know where do they how do they get better you know could you get better in your outfield maybe but i think it would be tough but then yeah. again you know you need to bring in somebody that can play at least somewhat at that level maybe as a backup right i mean um and that becomes difficult because those kind of guys want to start and so you know in that might boil down, although not as much. I don't think to that idea that we've had a lot of times where the Cardinals have a lot of really, you know, have good players, but you know, so it's hard to upgrade from them, but they're also not great players. So they're, they have those troubles. Um, and I think, I think that's just something interesting to look at in this offseason. So let me look. Well,
0: while we're on that and I don't, and sorry to catch you off, but are we looking at their starting nine right now for next year?
1: I think it's a possibility. I agree. Uh, I agree with that. I don't, I would, if I was going to, I would say 60-40 no, because I do think there is a lot of money coming off the books. You, um that,
0: yes, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. I, I think I know where you're going with this.
1: But. And I mean, some of it's, you know, some of it's going to arbitration. Some of it maybe try to lock up Flaherty. Some of it maybe to get some pitching. But I think they have to do something, and if they're going to do something, it feels like it's in the middle infield because I don't see yeah. another spot. Um, but I do feel like they have to do something to kind of upgrade the offense to at least be a little bit more consistent. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that's a Korea, a Korea or a Seager, or a Story, or not. But I'm I'm a little hesitant. I love Edmundo Sosa and what he's doing. I'm just sure. a little hesitant to to anoint him the starter, especially with such good of uh, free agent shortstops out there.
0: Yeah, I I do just what I from seeing what, what's going on right now, I agree with you. It's there's potentially some money to spend. And they may like that may try to keep it in-house. And it just kind of aligns with it's kind of funny that they need middle infield offensive production right now, because I think that you've probably, I think you're probably going to see a trade at a young, unfortunately, you know, for some just to change the scenery, you know, just to see, yeah. how, see how that goes because, and that's also going to help your roster as well. Um, you potentially have guys that can help you that you could sign and you could have them on just about every level of contract. You know, you're going to have your two that are going to be expensive in your Correa and your Seager. You're going to have the story. It, uh, you're going to have Trevor story who's going to be out there who that, it, that makes a lot of sense to bring him in. Cause he could be a notch cheaper, probably not the player that the other two are just due to the age factor. And, um, and that also helps on the, on the Arenado front, you have an interesting thought that could turn a lot of stomachs is one. I think, I think there may be some mended fences at this, so I don't even think it's gonna be gonna be uh, an option, but Javi Baez builds off a crowd. You could tell, you know, he fit in perfectly in Chicago. I think that he's either gonna sign in back in New York or go to Chicago in the offseason. Is there any interest in him in St. Louis? I know that that profile is one that, that you're like, that's ah, kind of an all or nothing all or nothing on the defensive and offensive side. But is he a guy that could feed off the St. Louis crowd?
1: Assuming that the crowd comes back to standards that we're used to. Um, which I know that the attendance isn't as bad as we continue to make it, but it's still No, and, and that's on. the
0: case everywhere. I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah. assuming yeah. That, that everybody's right. going to come back in numbers right. anyway.
1: Um, I don't know. I think – I mean, it it looks like when you see him out there that like or Molina gets along well with Baez. Yeah. So, but I'm still wonder about what that would do to the clubhouse culture because I think that's a big thing that the Cardinals focus on. And I think it's worked for them too. I think there's a reason that they're able to, you know, kind of do stuff like this run that they're putting together is because everybody's kind of going in the same direction, you know, and they're not necessarily – Fussing and fighting at each other and they're not, you know, they kind of feel like from what all of reports we get for the most part seem to be a team that kind of gets along with each other. And, and that's, that's from Wayne Wright and Molina. And if they're on board with a guy like Baez, well, what makes
0: would... you think that Baez would be a bad ad?
1: I'm not saying that he's necessarily a, a bad, a bad addition I don't know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't really know. I mean, we see that personality, of course. And then it's been, you know, it's been a guy that's been on the Cubs side of things and knocked heads with some people a little bit here and there. Um, I don't know what the fan base, you know, how, how they absorb that. I would, I'm, Obviously, you can tell I'm having struggles with it. Um, well, I think those,
0: those would be forgotten pretty quickly.
1: Uh, they may be. Um, I mean, obviously, worked for Lou Brock um but i don't know i don't know i just mm, mm, mm. if given it just feels like it doesn't feel like a cardinal move and that may be wrong i mean but when you've got if you had trevor story and Javi Baez, i'm thinking they're taking trevor story 80% of the time <laughs> making more than that and that may be wrong I mean, it may not be the right no opinion. i i agree but,
0: with you right um, I agree with you, and I won't. I'll stop it.
1: <laughs> no, that's fine. I mean, um, yeah, but and I do think. I mean, as much as I appreciate, I, I think this may be a big off-season for that clubhouse culture because if you're signing somebody long-term, they're going to be there after Molina and Wainwright leave, um, and how that is shaped after those guys leave is going to be really interesting, right? Because We haven't seen that. I mean, Chris Carpenter was there before Wainwright stepped up, but that's, I mean, different type of leadership, but a lot of the same type of thing. And Molina's been a leader on that team since, what, 06, 07 probably. Um, And not that they haven't had other guys, Pujols and, and Holiday and others like that that have been big on that in that clubhouse. But if you take it now, if you take out Molina and Wainwright Is it? I mean, Goldschmidt feels like a leader type, but he also—I mean—if there's any indication of—is that strong silent type too?
0: Well, yeah. If you remember, the cat made the comment that that's the perception of him being a quiet leader is is false.
1: Okay. Well, that's and that's very believable. I mean, people are different in the clubhouse than otherwise. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I mean. Who's going to be, I mean, because you, after those guys leave, because Carpenter, I think we're fairly safe to say, isn't coming back uh, um, next year. After they leave in 22, who's going to be, who's the longest termed guy after that? Because I was just trying to think, is it, I mean, of course, that's assuming the roster stays the way it is, but is it somebody like DeYoung? I don't know. Yeah, I mean that would
0: be the longevity part of it. No,
1: and that's uh, of course that's you know you're adding another year plus to that you know, but still that's an interesting change from a guy that's you know been in the organization. You know, DeYoung of course grew up, came up through the organization, so he's been in the organization probably closer to ten years by that point. But to 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 go from a Molina, Wainwright dominated clubhouse to guys that don't necessarily have the same kind of roots. That's, that's going to be interesting. Um, again, it's uh, another year off to, to think about, but um, I think that's the kind of thing that they're going to think about this off season though. It's like, okay, is this a guy that, that will fit into, or will be, can be a leader, even if he doesn't necessarily have the long-term roots, maybe bias is that guy. I don't know. I, you know, I think we do kind of paint these guys with birth brushes because they're playing on the other team or doing things that, you know, aggravate us, especially because they're playing on the other team. You know, I'm sure Bias would be like you said, we would have loved some of the stuff that he would have done if he was in St. Louis. But since he was in Chicago, it was like, you know, nationally. nauseating. Yeah,
0: you feel the same about Rizzo. Yeah. You know, you're just like, man, that'd be nice to have, but man, it's tough. I hate playing against it.
1: Yeah. Ed Rizzo's got the whole whole different thing with the the COVID situation, obviously too. Yeah, I mean, now um, adds to a little bit of baggage for him, probably. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, that's they would know better than I. And if they added bias, I would assume that they had. You know, I, I would trust that that would be. They feel like that's the right fit, and I just have to somehow deal with it. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, Bias is one of those guys that always seems to step up at the at the big time. Yeah, I mean, he would be at a frustrating player. Home. Yeah,
0: yeah, he he would be frustrating. There's no doubt about it. But I do wonder um, just how much he would feed off a crowd. I mean, he's shown that. I mean, that's why his season last year was so terrible. You know, yeah. it's it's you know, it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, I do think that the, the strike some of the other the strikeout rates and things like that would probably lend the team not to chase after him. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I Like I said, I fully believe that he either goes back to Chicago or stays in New York. That's yeah. the, I mean, that's how I feel it would be. I just, uh, it, it's funny. I, I just had thought about that. I was at, the, for the longest time, I thought there's just no way that they would be willing to do that. But then I thought, you know, are we, are we overselling the fact that they wouldn't want to do something like that? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they're going to play in the market, I think it's going to be the bottom half over the top half.
1: Probably, but I also feel like the Cardinals are good about not ruling out anybody at the right price, at the right organ. you know, I mean, as much as they factor in culture and and things of that nature as well, I mean, if I could get a guy that didn't miss, I mean, they brought in AJ Brzezinski, you know, yeah, and and everybody thought that was a terrible culture clubhouse culture move, and it didn't turn out to be. Um, but I think they, I think they check in on just about everybody and, you know, at varying levels of interest, it may be one of those things that, okay, we're going to stay, you know, we're going to talk to bias agent, but you know, it's going to have to get really low for us to, to play in that. Um, I think you're probably right. I think that, you know, like we say, you know, according to roster resource over here, they have an estimated payroll of 2021 was at 169 million right now, not counting arbitration guys. Um, and not counting whatever yacht, whatever uh, Adam Wainwright, yeah, uh, it's at ninety one million. So yeah, you know you're looking at basically eighty million dollars there, and and yeah, arbitration guys are going to take up some of that, um, especially you know Flaherty, uh, and and maybe you try to to do something with him, but you know there's there's money there to be to be spent if you will, and that. Yeah, I don't think that includes Carlos. I think that, that includes the buyout of, of Carlos, and not the not the uh, picking up the options. I'm pretty sure because he's obviously not going to have that pick up. But um, I just I think there's there's some needs, um, but I think that the Cardinals have been pretty. Uh, as somebody as I was reading, maybe it was a Viva Alberto's this week. You know, the Cardinals have been pretty good about spending to their limits. You know, um, yeah, if they want 170 million dollar payroll. You know they'll spend 170 million. In some years, that's five million, and some this year it's you know maybe 40 or 50 million. Um, but I think they'll they'll spend to that most likely. And I think the you know the fans coming back this year helps because I think even with lower numbers than you might expect, they I think they budgeted for this year for you know probably didn't expect to get to full capacity. They'll probably all start break. Yeah, um, and they got they got it better than that. So I think even with the lower numbers than we're expect used to, I think overall they're going to have a higher attendance than they expected.
0: Sure. Yeah. That's a great point. I hadn't
1: thought about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Um, we get, um, a reunion of the 2011 team this weekend, Saturday night. Um, all those guys come back, David freeze, John Jay, Except for the guys that you know, Albert Pujols is playing still, <laughs> and then then of course Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright will be uh, on the on the mound and then behind the plate. Um, so I think that's going to be fun. And you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird, and it's just the way that things work and the way that the, the factor of longevity and stuff. But Adam Wainwright pitched the night of the 2006 reunion in 2016 and threw a, a complete game against the Marlins. I think. Um, you know, here he is five years later getting to do the same thing for the 2011 team. And, and hopefully with the same results, um, is it, are there, are there guys that we've kind of forgotten about that you're kind of interested in seeing when the, when they get the, cause you know, they're going to be doing interviews and stuff during the game. Um, you know, and I know we've got the big guys at freeze and such like that, but is there any like lesser name that you might be interested to see what he looks like nowadays or what he's doing.
0: Well, you know, there's always the Alan Craig issue Mm -hmm. I'd like to, uh, you know, to see because I had kind of forgotten about him as somebody. Yeah, You know what? I don't know. I hadn't really thought that far ahead of it. I was just kind of thinking because Craig played up until, what, two or three years ago.
1: Yeah, he bounced around for quite a while. He knocked around a little bit
0: and uh, was actually hitting at a a minor league level at one point. I remember that.
1: Yeah, Um, Boston finally bring him up because he hit at – I
0: it. Yeah, I can't remember. See,
1: but... I'll look him up real quick. See, he stopped playing in his last major league outing was in twenty fifteen with Boston. Yeah, I guess he just yes, yeah, so I think he must have been after he went to Boston, I think he would play he played in the minor leagues for uh Yep. For I for some reason El Paso.
0: El Paso sticks out. Like so I know it was one of the uh, yep. West Coast team and I couldn't West remember Founders. what affiliate yeah, was. He went to the okay. Team. That would make sense.
1: And yeah, he hit uh he hit two ninety three that year um with 13 homers i don't know if that was a factor of the of the ballpark or not but yeah you know he you know we said he bounced around he really didn't um he stayed in st louis until he got traded to boston for in the lackey trade and he spent a lot of time in you know boston's minor league system mainly pawtucket uh and then he had that last year where he played and that was 2018 that he played in el paso yeah uh, for the padres and that's it i guess he didn't get that call up that year and figured it wasn't going to happen and and retired, but
0: I've always, I've always loved Craig for what he did on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's just one of those wasn't a perfect fit anywhere, but he was a perfect fit in the lineup. If you know what I mean. You know, yep. defensively, uh, there's another reason I really like Alan Craig too. He's a Cal Berkeley guy, and he was one of the uh, he was one of the last guy last players to play there before they tried to dump the baseball program. Mm-hmm. And Craig spearheaded a group of former players to raise money to keep it alive for two more years before it was fully sanctioned back into the university. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: well, it is awesome. Um, I love that this nickname is the wrench. Um, I think I think Matthew Leach gave him that nickname, the <laughs> wrench. Um, which yep. anyways, a, a kind of a because awesome. you're right. It would kind of a tool that you could use a lot of places. I continue to believe that. if things go a little bit differently, Cardinals still win that series. uh, He might have been the MVP of the 2011 World Series um, if it wasn't for David Craig's heroics because it seemed like, you know, especially those early games, even though he was just coming off the bench, he got some big hits. Uh, He even got that home run in game six. yeah. um, I think if it wasn't for... I mean, you couldn't not give it to David Freeze and and David probably so, but um, I think Alan Craig had a pretty good case much like scott rowland well scott rowland should have gotten mvp in 2006 i feel like over david Eckstein. but um i think ekstein's prisoner him. of
0: the moment you yeah. know, situation you're right you're right yeah.
1: so um yeah i don't know who else is coming from that 2011 team um i know that ryan terrio was interviewed in um benjamin hawkman's book i would expect that that he probably is there um and the fact that he he can go there this year and then go to San Francisco next year for their 10 <laughs> year uh, celebration, um, you know, I'm trying. I it would be awesome. I doubt it happens, but it'd be kind of neat if, if Edwin Jackson and Octavio Dotel showed up. Um, although, wait, is Edwin Jackson still pitching?
0: Jackson pitched in the U.S. Olympics.
1: That's right for the U.S.
0: Olympic team. Um,
1: so, I mean, but he's not actually under contract with anybody. Like no, that. no, no, no. Yeah, he wasn't a
0: 40-man guy, of course. So. Okay. No,
1: just, just checking because, I mean, <laughs> he was – He's he pitched was, for everybody. Yeah, well, and he pitched in – in 2019, he pitched for the Tigers. Um, not necessarily well, but um, but he's been around for – yeah, let's see. played for the, and, and no place did he play for any longer than three years. Uh, the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Cubs got him for three years. National's Detroit and the White Sox for two, and then Arizona, Atlanta, St. Louis, Oakland, Padres, Baltimore, Miami, and Toronto for a year. And Toronto didn't even have him for a full year, but um, still remember they traded him. boy well, the White Sox? The White Sox traded him to Toronto, and then he came to St. Louis, and he went back to Toronto later on and actually played. For him. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, he had a. A very interesting career, so it'll be interesting to see those guys coming or back around. Um, and if you haven't read Hoffman's book, you probably should. Um, I actually it took me a while; I, I read it bits and chunks, but I finished it not too long ago, and it was a pretty good story. I know you bought it. Have you had a chance to? I have not had, had
0: chance to this? read it. No. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Some some good stories of not only from the players, but from other people, you know, from people in the area. or famous or not that, uh, that are remembering that team. So, um, yeah, give it a, give it a look if you haven't already. Now, is there anything else we've got, uh, you know, about an hour now. And I think it's just, for me, it's just, we just got to see what this weekend is, this, this, you know, every game's big now, but these games this weekend, I think are even more so.
0: Yeah. So is the, are these games big for the crowd that doesn't want them to make the playoffs?
1: <laughs> I I wonder I mean, yeah, obviously I guess that's that's the case. I wonder I mean if you, <laughs> you would like, why, yeah that the those uh those folks are a little bit uh quieter now or a little bit less focused on that. I mean <laughs> There's I, think been it's, some, uh, I
0: turn turncoat turned coat a little bit. I've noticed <laughs> a little about face. I won't call out anybody, but
1: um, you know, I think that I mean one, I get I get the idea that you don't you you want them out of the you know if they don't play the playoffs. Big changes will happen. One, I'm not sure I buy that, you know. But two, I you know. But I also think that that's some sort of a coping mechanism at times too. Of I'm not going to you know buy into this team. I'm going to say, oh, I don't want them to win it. But you know, as soon as they actually make this run, then it's like I can <laughs> I can believe again and we'll, yeah. we'll go with that. Um, you know, you and know, I've talked about this a little bit, but it. By now, there's really no difference in how the – I don't think there's any difference in how the front office approaches this offseason if they make the playoffs, if they don't, especially yeah.
0: – No, I agree with you. I mean, it's – we. I think you can see the development in the outfield. I could see – you could point at the Carpenter falloff and the DeYoung falloff to see that the Cardinals don't necessarily make knee-jerk reactions on a full season, much less on a few months – um, you know that's. I understand it can be frustrating, but it, not making the playoffs is not going to make them go sign Corey Seager if he's right. available and this works. It could probably happen, but it's not going to. Whether you know that's been in the works two years ago.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have a long term plan and it adjusts. But I think the reason they have been so successful for the past twenty years um, is the fact that they don't wildly compensate every year you know Um, they don't go out and just spin like crazy because you know they were 65 and you know whatever and then you know go well but then you know that didn't work and so they do something else and do something else you know they've been pretty focused on their minor league team and i feel like they've made it a a shift now maybe even to because you know you think about it almost have to go out and buy pitching this off season just because there's not a whole lot of it coming up, which yeah. is weird. Um, but they've got hitters that are coming up. So, you know, maybe they trade for it or something of that nature. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's, they're not, they're definitely not going to change their whole off season and clean house because they missed the playoffs by one game. That just, that's not. That I, their move.
0: No, you could point to 20 examples of the last 20 seasons, probably that, that this is true. And, the Padres coming into town are the perfect example. Mm-hmm. You don't always want to win the offseason. Right. You know, that's sometimes that's a curse, and sometimes things just don't work out the way that you want them to. And that's uh, I think that that gets overlooked quite a bit. Mo brings that up more than any other general manager I've noticed. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's true. I mean, it's been proven. I mean, that's very rarely are the teams that go out and do everything, do they win. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that uh... – Oh, I see. Kyle Loesch is coming up, so um, coming to the the reunion. Nice, should be, should be fun. He gets um, overlooked.
0: Yeah, he gets overlooked on that team.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a little bit weird to have a reunion like this without Tony LaRusso, but he'll be uh, a little busy as well. Um, yeah, I, I just you know, this is this is what they're gonna do, and and again, uh, you're right. Winning the off season is is nice and fun because we don't have anything to talk about at that time. And it gives us shiny new toys, but, um, on the whole, it, uh, is it, is isn't really worth it?
0: Yeah. And we, <laughs> and we'd still find a way to poke holes in all the moves.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, uh, on that note, I guess, uh, we'll wrap it up for this one. Um, Alan and I will be with you next week, hopefully talking about the Cardinals. And I uh, have more secure hold on that last spot. But until then, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.